0: Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Ron Yam, who's going to be speaking with us about eye tracking technology on The OI Show. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Optometric Insights Show. Uh, today, we're joined with uh, Ron Yam. And Ron is, a, uh, is, is an executive with a company that I'm excited to uh, kind of share with you called NovaSight. NovaSight is uh, is a technology that uh, is developing products uh, around all a lot of aspects of eye care that we're using today and so uh, we really appreciate you joining us and uh, Ron tell us tell us where you're at in the world so everybody knows
1: so yeah thanks David uh, thanks for inviting me uh, we're currently uh, where is we're an Israeli company located yeah. just outside of the airport outside of the airport of Israel it's called the it's a place called Airport City. Very and cool. We're, we're just here in between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Yes.
0: Well, it's uh it's sure a pleasure for you to to join us. So yeah, you Ron, your your uh, experiences in mechanical engineering, and I know you've had uh, aspects of your life where you've uh, dealt with things in uh in 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 with with the military. You've dealt with things in uh, the tech world. And now you have this company, I believe that you co-founded, that is in the eye care space. How did you get into this uh, arena in this world of eye care stuff?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So first of all, as you said correctly, my background is in mechanical engineering, but my entire career is around optical systems in very different industries. So starting mm-hmm. with defense. Then we developed an optical switch uh, for the, opti- for the uh, uh, optical communication industry. And then, <clears throat> and then in the semiconductors industry, we developed another company. We developed an uh, wafer inspection machine, large machines that inspect wafers. And for the last 10 years, I've been heading the R&D activity of uh, VisionX, which is a company dealing with eye care. But when I joined the company, it was a small break-even company mm-hmm. dealing with map inspection, with lens
0: mapping, mm-hmm. or
1: lens inspection. And I actually joined the company to help them to move towards the medical device industry. Got it. And we actually used the same technology that was used for lens mapping to eye mapping. And this was like a huge success. Uh, so the company is now one of the global leaders in, in eye care, in, in eye diagnostics. And uh, so I've been, I've been heading the R&D for 10 years. And Ooh. the story here is, is quite interesting because there was um, someone that I, I knew that, uh, that so- sent me, you know, um, a presentation of someone he knew. And this guy who is currently the CTO of the company was a retired uh, nice guy that had an idea of um, of helping a friend so he had a friend he, he was a like um, you know a serial entrepreneur by himself already retired and he had a friend that uh, went through a stroke oh. now once you have a stroke in some cases half of your body muscles are getting uh, weakened and if it happens to the muscles of the eye then you're getting into Um, you're having strabismus, misalignment of the eyes. And then, you know, with with adults, the brain cannot cope with strabismus. And then uh, the doctor would usually patch the, the weak eye in order to just eliminate it. And he came up with this idea of having a virtual reality device with eye trackers that can show the deviating eye, the image that it would have seen if it was looking straight. This was his idea, and he came to me actually looking for funds, and then I thought, wow, this is a great idea. And then with the the third founder of the company, which is a professor from Shiba Hospital here in Israel, we thought using eye tracking in ophthalmology has a huge uh, impact and and huge potential far beyond adults suffering from strabismus, and this is where we started, and then we just spread around ophthalmology in, in very different directions. Yeah. So
0: NovaSight is this is this company that really, as you kind of pointed out, is specialized in eye tracking. So it sounds as if uh, that's kind of where you started. And now you're just seeing how eye tracking can explode in so many different ways. You know, I did a little consulting with with Oculus in the virtual reality world. And such a big part of that is the eye tracking, you know, why people felt so nauseous and so forth. So you've, you've worked in a couple of different areas, strabismus um, and so forth. And, and if I recall, you've got a couple of different uh, things either, either launched or in the pipeline around uh, diagnostics and around treatment. So tell us a little bit around the diagnostics, like what where, where you're seeing uh, that, that eye tracking can be used and then what you're thinking in the future that we could be using for eye tracking.
1: Right. So, yeah. So let's start with diagnostics. So we do have already a device on the market. It's called the iSwift and being distributed by Essilor Exotica. So we already, um, you know, the, the device is available, not in the U.S. yet. And this device is already measuring seven different, uh, actually running seven different tests around visual acuity, around strabismus. So we're I would say the experts of measuring the misalignment of the eyes, both the fixed strabismus, but also the, the, the latent strabismus, what, what we call foria, So your tendency for the eyes to either open up or, or close uh, when you're, once you're tired. Now, um, so this is one thing. Another thing that we can measure is, uh, for instance, the suppression of the brain and stereo acuity. And very interestingly, we can also measure the reading ability. So we let a kid in different ages read a paragraph and we follow the eyes, right? And, and you know that when, once we are reading, we're using a saccadic moving, movement. Like So that means that the eyes are jumping from word to word to word, from fixation to fixation. So we are measuring those fixations points and we can tell how fast the kid is reading, what, how large are the fixations, does he has to read back, which we call regression. So we can actually analyze the ability or the quality of reading, and then we can grade uh, according to his level. And if, if his reading is abnormal, in most cases we can say, is it an ocular thing? Is it eye-related issue? For instance, lazy eye or uh, need for glasses or scrabismus, or it's an unrelated ocular thing that could be ADHD or or dyslexia. So this is, this is on the current device. Mm-hmm. And we have more coming on the next generation device.
0: Yeah, so I, I saw that you had, Posted some second generation stuff, and that's some really cool stuff uh, are you Are you willing to talk at all about second generation sure. and, and where you're kind of thinking about that? Uh, just because I already read about it and I, I think it's really cool.
1: It is it is so really exciting stuff is coming up in the next generation, which we plan to release next year early next year. So things like automated visual acuity. so just imagine you know you don't need to ask anything the kid. You don't need to, um, especially young kids. How do you how do you measure them? How do you measure the visual acuity? You have to ask them if they see letters, numbers, uh, characters. Difficult. Takes time. Ron, you know, How does un... that
0: work? How does how does that work? Tell us about that objective test right. of something we've done subjectively.
1: Correct. So this is really thrilling. We use the same concept for both visual acuity and also contrast sensitivity, which really takes forever if we try to do it manually today. So the The main concept is that we are moving stimuli over the screen. These stimuli change both the spatial frequency and the contrast according to the test that we are running. And once they are moving, we are tracking the eyes. So during the time that the eyes are tracking the stimuli, we know that the person can actually detect the stimuli. But once he is losing detection, the eyes now are jumping back and forth looking for the stimuli, we know that we reached his... Uh, his threshold, and this could be done either according spatial frequency or contrast. So very, very quickly, we can map his vision without asking him anything, just following his eyes. This is really exciting and and, uh, coming up. Um, Another thing which is, I think, really interesting is to measure the eye elongation via eye tracking. Again, it's a novel test that we invented uh, today in order to measure eye elongation which is the most important part of myopia um, uh, monitoring you have to have a device called a biometer here uh, by measuring another component of the eye the radius of rotation we can come up with the eye elongation this is really on the uh, preliminary stage of r&d but also very very exciting
0: mhm that is really cool um, and then you have another diagnostic device as well if i'm if i'm Correct. And is is the other one, the one you just mentioned is called the eye Swift Is that right? Correct. correct. And um, something I thought was really interesting is it's, it's measuring uh, 90 times a second. Is that correct?
1: So everything that we do today is based on a dedicated eye tracker. It's a sensor that can measure the eyes, the eyes gaze and position 90 times per second. Now, this is implemented in all of our devices, but the coming, the pipeline product of diagnostics, we call it track side, okay, is also thrilling because here we're trying to use the integrated cameras that you have in your tablets and laptops. Instead of using a dedicated hardware piece, right. the eye tracker, then you just, now it's becoming now a software just solution. Right on usually. our phone. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, yeah. it's it's hard to reach the same level of accuracy over, you know camera, which was not meant to be an eye tracker, but in some cases we can use it. And now we are talking about having a solution that is running at the background. So let's say that now you're, you're working, right? You're, if you're a kid, maybe you're doing your homework If you're you're adult, maybe you're working on the, on the tablet or, or laptop, and then we're tracking your eyes. And then we can detect, for instance, how close are you to the device? It's really important for kids to stay away, you know, not mm-hmm. to accelerate their myopia. Uh, how long did you use the device? Uh, what is the posture of the head? And most interestingly, uh, looking for eye fatigue, which is also known as digital eye strain. So many uh, parameters of vision that are being tested, checked on the background without the, the person uh, being aware of that, we can detect eye fatigue. And then we come up with an, an alert, uh, you know, you should take a break because we detected that now your eyes are are tired. Yeah. So this is coming up soon as well.
0: So that has incredible commercialization opportunities uh, in in so many arenas—from working with companies, uh, working with HR organizations. That's that's really really slick. So let's slip over to the the treatment aspect. You've got a product available right now where we can encourage children to watch Netflix. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Netflix <laughs> is just one example. Yeah. But you know, this is this is this device called Cureside is intended to treat amblyopia or lazy eye. So let's let's have a word what amblyopia is. So amblyopia is actually a suppression of the brain. So the brain is suppressing vision in one of the eyes, and the uh, you know the 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 background cause of of this lazy eye is usually one of two either a strabismus when the two eyes are not looking to the same direction or what is called anisometropia each eye needs a different optical correction in both cases the brain doesn't get the same image from the two eyes and then he, the brain is suppressing one that the channels the vision channels of the eyes one of the eyes and and you know treatment for lazy eye today is patching and patch is being placed over the strong eye in order to force the brain to work with the weak eye but it's not hard to understand that patching compliance is really low. Kids hate the patch, right? They either they remove it or they don't even uh, uh willing to start the treatment. And, and compliance for patching is less than 50%. And this is what we are going to solve with CureSite. So CureSite is a device which is leased to the kids to the home during to the to the uh to the period of treatment, which is something between four to six months. And the kid is watching every day his favorite content, which as you said (laughs) correctly, could be anything. So imagine Netflix, imagine YouTube, imagine Disney, whatever, Zoom, uh, for educational purposes. Uh, Once the kid is watching his favorite content, he's also wearing simple red-blue glasses. And what we are doing at the background are two things. First, we duplicate the content to the two eyes in real time. So now each eye is seeing its own content. We change the colors. We are doing real-time color conversion. So each eye, through its uh, filter in the glasses, is seeing its own content. And on the strong eye only, we blur the center of vision. Only the center of vision of the strong eye, wherever the eye is looking at momentarily. So we are moving this uh, blurred circle according to the momentary gaze position in real time. So everything is done in real time. We are collecting the gaze position of the eyes by the eye tracker in real time. And then we blur by real time image processing this exactly area. Of the fovea. So this way we stimulate the brain to start working with the amblyopic eye on one hand. On the other hand, we teach the brain how to work with the two eyes together and start building 3D perception, which usually is not being uh, built by uh, regular patching.
0: Yeah. You know, in, in the world of amblyopia, we've seen a substantial shift since, since I was in school. My, as, as many of you as our listeners know, my, my wife has binocular vision and we have a vision therapy clinic and uh she in her in her 15 years of practice has seen this incredible shift that Ron is really talking about is that uh patching is just the way of the of the past and you know she has got several lectures that are called patching you know pitching the patch and getting rid of the patch <laughs> and in the amblyopia world we really are starting to focus on what Ron is talking about and that is What's called MFBF, and that's monocular field in a binocular field, and so seeing the world in this binocular world with this monocular view, and it's um, you know it's possible in real space, but it's really really done so effectively with virtual reality, but even more so with what's Ron talking about with with this eye tracking capability and making it so that it's something that can be done every day easily. It's something that people aren't, you know, hating to do. We've seen a huge improvement in our vision therapy clinic with virtual reality being part of how we can alter how people are seeing. But this next iteration that Ron is talking about is something that's going to further revolutionize binocular vision. um, And hopefully, Ron, you know, make it something where it's far more accessible for the average practitioner to really start embracing and bringing into their practice, I mean, they're not fighting with their patients to use a patch. They're uh, they're encouraging them to to do something they're already doing, right? Well, if you do want to watch television, you have to do it in your uh, in your MFBF world, in in you know this world uh, that you have created for them. So, very cool. Congratulations. This is real slick. So that product, I think you mentioned, is, is already launched uh, in other parts of the world. Is, is there thoughts of when that might be, you know, available in the United States?
1: So, uh, no, it's not commercially available yet. Okay. Yep. It is now running clinical studies. So we had a pilot study done in 2019 over a group of 20 kids here in Israel, and we got amazing results in both uh, um, visual acuity improvement of the embryopic eye, but also stereo acuity improvement. And also very uh, interesting uh, is that uh, we followed the group of kids for six months post-treatment, uh, and the improvement was stable. And this is easy to understand because the two eyes are now working together. It's not something that is now suddenly stopped because you remove the patch. Now, we are now running a pivotal study towards FDA approval. Um, this study is a randomized control study, so half of the kids are being patched. Half of the kids are being treated. They are testing every month in six medical centers here in Israel uh, by masked examiners. So the examiner does not know if the kid was patched or treated. And uh, this study is of 90 kids. Uh, we're now, uh, we just yesterday, we enrolled the 71 kids. So we're quite, quite close. On the 81 um, uh, landmark or, or, or mark, uh, 81 patients uh, post treatment, we are going to read out the test. So, so far, we, we are amassed to the results, but coming very soon, by the end of this year, uh, is the readout point where we could say see, as we believe we will, that the, uh, that the uh, treatment is really effective. Now, following that, we would submit for the FDA, and then uh, middle of next year, uh, we believe that uh, the device will be FDA approved. Now, you talked about accessibility. So, it's very important to also uh, tell everybody that we're not only thinking about the technology, but also the commercial accessibility. Mm-hmm. And this is why we applied for dedicated CPT codes for this treatment. And they were just approved two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So now there are three different CPT codes for this specific treatment. So eye tracking based amblyopia treatment uh, that were approved by the AM- AMA uh, just two weeks ago will be in going into effect uh, starting January first of next year, and the three codes are for the installment of the device, for the use of the use of the device by the kids. so every month the treatment would be reimbursed. and also there is a physician code. so I didn't say yet, but the entire the entire treatment is also monitored by the cloud, so it's not a standalone device that is sitting at the at the kid's uh, apartment, but also. Everything is uploaded to the cloud and the doctor has a full control of the treatment remotely,
0: yeah.
1: uh, including also compliance rate and And the, the doctor is also being reimbursed for interpreting those uh, monthly reports. So also the doctor is being reimbursed for his time and um, so we're trying to bring great technology but also accessible commercially.
0: Yeah, very cool. <laughs> Ron, this has uh, been uh, an exciting uh, 20 minutes that we've had to really talk about uh, what you're doing and where you're revolutionizing and, you know, at the very forefront of this whole aspect around eye tracking and where we can incorporate this into solving many of our objective measurements that we're doing. Um, you know making it and, and, and then bringing it over into the treatment aspect and, and helping patients in that so thank you very much for joining us uh, on the podcast
1: thank you David it was a pleasure
0: yeah absolutely and thank you for joining us for this episode of the optometric insight show make sure to like and subscribe and please if you uh, would be so kind to leave us a five-star review and join us next time for more episodes of the optometric insight Show. <laughs>